Hi, I'm Lola Roberts. I'm a practicing gratitude girl that strives every day and every way to recognize and celebrate my blessings. God is the center of my life, and His love allows me to live life to the fullest. Every day is a day of growth and self-improvement. I am blessed to have you join me on this podcast, Love, Peace, and Gratitude. All right, it is another edition of Grateful Gratitude with Lolo, and I'm very, very excited about this episode because we tried this once before, Lolo. Yes, we did. Um, I'm thrilled to say that I have my daughter Lexi in the studio today, and she is actually going to tell an amazing story about her father. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to keep it short, so I won't go into too much detail, but my mom, Lola, was a single mom, I think for eight years. It was just us two, but we lived in Illinois before living in Texas, and my father didn't know how to be a dad. That's how I look at it now. But as a child, it was really hard. I'm an only child, so, you know, I didn't have any other siblings to kind of figure out how to handle things, and I still struggle with that today. I guess the best way to put it was our relationship, it was kind of cancerous in the fact that he just dealt with a lot of issues and vices that he had. But, you know, he was addicted to drugs and alcohol, and... As a child, being aware of that at only six years old and not being shocked that my parents got a divorce and understanding that my dad was cheating on my mom because I would run into the lady that he was cheating on my mom with because of the small town we lived in. It was just not good, and it made me have to mature really early on, which also gave me a very, very scared outlook on the world, kind of. I was just kind of scared of everything growing up. But anyways, so we moved to Texas, and let's see, I didn't talk to my dad for 10 years, I think it was. I've never heard heard of him or anything. We moved when I was eight, and as a kid, you know, we were just starting to have computers and stuff, and I remember I would go and search online his name and try to find a phone number, but I was always told he didn't pay his bills, so he didn't have a phone, and... I was in touch with his dad and my grandpa or whatever before he died, and he um, would just tell me, you know, he doesn't have a phone, he doesn't have a way to contact anyone. And so it just bothered me for so long because I wanted that fatherly figure of my biological dad to be in my life. And so after all of that, my senior year in high school, I got a random phone call in the middle of drill team practice from an Illinois number. And anytime I got a phone call from an Illinois number that was an unknown number, I would always you know, pray it would be my dad. (laughs) And I didn't answer it. And I had this weird feeling and I had a voicemail and it was him and it was the weirdest thing. And it, it just, it was just weird. And I broke down crying and I was so happy and I called him back and I, you know, talked to him on the phone for a couple hours and just pretty much not really talking about anything, but just, I was bawling my eyes out and he just kept saying, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I love you, you know, you're all I have, and all he would tell me is I was all he had. Nobody loved him, and so I was the only person in his life instilling a huge guilt on me. And so he got back into drugs and alcohol after that. We reunited in Illinois, and I got to see him again, and um, it just was weird and uncomfortable. But since then, you know, he would keep in touch, or he would try to call me or text me, and you know, leave me like 15 voicemails if I didn't answer and get mad at me and kind of blame me for his issues. And I took on that blame. Um, 
But anyway, so it was very, very, very not um, not good for my well-being to have to talk to him in my life at the time. And the last time I talked to him was in 2015. I had gotten engaged in May. And then in June, it was Father's Day, and it was like 10 in the morning. I mean, it wasn't even like in the afternoon. And I honestly wasn't planning on saying anything to him just because we hadn't talked in like eight months since he had been in the hospital for trying to drink himself to death at the time. And he just called me and left me a whole bunch of voicemails and said, I hope you're wishing your stepdad a happy Father's Day since you've love him and don't love me, just this whole guilt thing. And that was the first time I ever got angry at him, ever. And I stood up for myself and I called him out on everything and stood up for my stepfather because he was the one that was always there for me and supported me. And I just called him out and that was the last time I talked to him. And he hadn't reached out since then. And so this summer I was pregnant and uh, it was September 11th. And I got another phone call from Illinois, and I just had a feeling. I knew this was going to happen eventually, and it freaked me out. And I ran upstairs to my husband, and I was like, answer this. I can't mentally deal with this right now. I don't even know what's going on, but I just don't want to answer. And at that time, I was praying it wasn't my dad, and it wasn't my dad. It was his girlfriend at the time and uh, she called and my husband answered and all my husband was saying was, Lexi can't come to the phone right now. She just, she's upset. She can't come to the phone. You need to tell me what's going on. And she insisted that she wouldn't anyway. So I got on the phone and put it on speaker and uh, she told me that the apartment complex had found my dad. He had died. And it was just so hard at the time I was really sick in my pregnancy, so it was just something I couldn't take at the time. And I just, I mean, this was like rock bottom for me. I don't know, it just, it it hurt so bad. And I was an only child, so I didn't have anybody else to talk to about. I mean, I could talk to people about it, but it was, you know, I didn't have a sibling to go to or anyone to look to for that part. I was going to counseling at the time, and I had my mom, but I was next of kin. And that made it really hard to, like, the... Anytime, like, anybody had to reach out about something regarding him, they had to come to me, which I wasn't prepared to be able to handle at the time. Anyways, so long story short, once he died, I thought, you know, it was really hard at first for, like, a few days. (laughs) And I actually went to my next counseling appointment, and I explained that I had this sense of relief which sounds crazy, but it was almost like I was anticipating this to happen for so long that now that it happened, I knew he was in a better place and I could finally have closure. And I was happy with that and I kept positive about it and I had peace with it and I prayed about it and I really did make peace with it. And then a month later, I got a message from a lady in Illinois, and she just said, I just want to let you know I need to talk to you. You're next of kin. I've searched everywhere for you since you're married and have a different name and all that. And I need to talk to you about your dad's, like, funds or something. And I didn't know any better. I figured it was a bill or something like that. And so I put off calling her, and I didn't want to call. I didn't want to call. And 
finally I was in the car with my mom right before a networking event and I was like okay I'm gonna call and I'm gonna put on speakerphone because I just can't handle anything by myself and my mom's like okay so I ended up calling I didn't put it on speaker but um it turns out he had left me um a pretty big sum of money and this was at a time where my husband and I we were renting and we didn't want to rent anymore and I was working part-time, but with being sick and everything, and I was planning to stay home and everything, you know, we just couldn't afford a down payment for a house. And never did I ever think this would, he, he, he never had money. Like I said, he didn't even pay his own bills and didn't pay child support, and he spent it all on drugs and alcohol. And so with that money, we were able to put a down payment on our first home. And that was a huge deal for me and my husband. And it gave us a sense of relief because, you know, in the first year of marriage, it's tough when it comes to financial stuff. So anyways, pretty much it just came full circle with our relationship. He didn't know how to be a father here on earth, but as soon as he went to heaven, he became that father in that way. And it, it's just, it's crazy how, you know, God makes things work out and never ha would I ever expected that. And nobody else that knew my situation would ever have thought, I mean, that was just, it was like winning the lottery <laughs> in the sense, like it just, the odds were not in that favor. But it just really shows because in the deep pit of that situation, I did not know how I was going to get out of it. And I figured this pain was going to stay with me forever. And... It made me way stronger and grow up even more. So that's that story. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> and you may hear in the background here. <laughs> my son, <laughs> my four-month-old. What a great story, though. Thank and, you. You know, you do a, a very good job explaining how, you know, a situation that was Thank bad you. is something that you get up very grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. Thank you. I just try not to ramble. <laughs>